Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey everyone, it's the Red Men Podcast. We've got the Dream Team back in the studio uh, for this one. Uh, we're a week away from pre-season beginning. How is that possible? Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's genuinely ridiculous. And Liverpool, by all accounts, are actually starting later than most clubs. Um, I've not even had any holidays yet. <laughs> I said this. I just did the week when I, got, I finally got to a beach and I was like, like you being the obvious exception, but like everyone else had some sort of break in the last few months. And uh, I was like, I'm still, here's me still doing 21, 22 vibes. And yeah, the season's over. It's well over. And here we are, starting a new one. <laughs> I was clever. I took my holiday during the busiest season we've ever had. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah, that was yeah, pretty smart. The busiest season in the busiest period of the busiest season we've ever had as well. And next season's just very much the same for the honeymoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, all yeah. holidays are in November and December. Mine very much year. is in October when we're playing four games a week. He's nailed this. To be fair, again, blank COVID. So right, what we're all doing is forwarding all our emails to him during that period. Oh, Chris, what have you done? <laughs> Chris, Chris has just decided to flash some leg. I did nothing, and to be fair, it looks like I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening Thank to the podcast um, and you want to know what's happened there, do check it out. We are we do stream these live at 10.30 on a Tuesday morning over on the YouTube channel. But Seth fell um, apart. Apparently with no there. pants on. Yeah, Chris, this is very, very Anchorman style, yeah. Um, I'm like, you need like heart underwear, then you're like, Sort a lot of flesh there. Um, <laughs> I saw hair. <laughs> I didn't see any hair. That was the last thing that was which is to be expected. We've got a kick-off question this week, which we'll come to in a moment. We're going to be discussing the, the business that Liverpool are doing and the business of our rivals as well, because I think it's interesting to take stock of where we're at. Uh, obviously, all the rumblings and rumours that Liverpool are, are done pretty much Unless, unless circumstances change and if they're going to change they'll change in the next I reckon seven or eight days it does feel like there to... are some rumours coming back for Liverpool though doesn't it the it's, it's actually quite exciting yeah because ultimately because Liverpool there's, are doing nothing, nothing and all the media outlets are starting to throw random names into the hat right. again yeah, our definitely. clicks have gone down massively since Joyce tweeted that <laughs> Jesus Christ we need to get something manufactured here yeah 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 100% it Marco Sensio yeah it's like just going through a list of names that are like just, just exotic enough to whet the appetite Otavio which we did a good old chat on yesterday um, on the Summer Transfer Show um, um, 
We're going to be doing Liverpool's business. We're going to be looking a little bit because I, I did the um, last fan standing show and listening to them, uh, listen to George cry ass about the condition of Chelsea <laughs> uh, was absolutely delightful. So I thought we'd have a little delve into how they're getting on, which should be good fun. Uh, and obviously City United, Arsenal, etc., etc. We're going to be doing podcast extra as well this week. So we're going to take in a bunch of extra questions from you guys and have a general catch up. Uh, it's the more X-rated version of this. I don't normally look at the questions for these shows, but you've done me big time on one of the questions there. Um, I did immediately think about you with that. I was like, I'm not sure if I've got a good one for this. Chris has definitely got a good one for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just, just to, just to see if I'm going to give the answer for the question. I, I believe the question for this one is, um, what's the worst reason you've That's had to question. leave a job slash organisation? And what is the alternative fact reason that you tell everybody if you want to know the answer to that and what Chris Page couldn't possibly tell you about on this podcast? Uh, yeah, do join us behind the paywall over on Redmond Plus uh, just after this. After I don't know. I don't part. think I know this story. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. You might have heard the other version. That's the claim version. Right. Uh, Joe uh, Nevada. Who's one of our club legend subscribers? We got this from the Discord. Uh, it says after the transfer window so far, who is currently making up the top four, third and fourth, as we all know, first and second, uh, and why is it not Manchester United? Well, because you you pulled me aside earlier just to just literally to have a little giggle about Manchester United's squad situation. <laughs> yeah, it's quite funny. We know why it's not them. It, well, yeah, I mean, I think they've lost a lot of. Good players in inverted mm. commas. Um, so they've released Cavani, Mata, Pogba, Lingard, um, and Nemanja Matic. Which, to be fair, like they're all crap. So I can understand why they've released them, but they are experienced. Like Cavani wasn't crap, I suppose. Mata wasn't crap. He, he actually broke into their side towards the back end of the season. There's probably he? something like a Matic hundred was, appearances last season across the. Yeah, Matic, Matic was playing a lot of football. Paul Pogba, I think, started six games last season or something in the Premier League. So he's not going to be a big miss or whatever. But he's a huge name. The the reason that I'm lo- I'm laughing at Manchester United is because he, he basically Ten Hag wants to get the old band back together. That's all I'm seeing. It's Anthony from Barcelona, uh, and Anthony from De Jong from Barcelona. De Jong from, from Barcelona. Ajax. Sorry, Anthony from Ajax. They're looking at is it is it Martinez? Maybe yeah, they looking Ajax, at yeah. as well. Lissandro Martinez, centre half from from Ajax. And what's really funny about that is not all the Dutch players work in the Premier League. So if he wants to go and basically sign the Ajax team, I'm all right with that. Yeah, it's like he's yeah. got this like gilded frame of a Rude Van Nistelrooy on, on, on yeah. in the office, and that oh everyone's going to be a Rude Van Nistelrooy, and it's like one of them like you felt to look down on the floor, and there's just like a steaming pile of Matthias Kesman just stuck <laughs> How, to everyone's what shoe. What fifty goals in in the Dutch league normally mean in the Premier League? Five. Yes, exactly. Yes. That's what he's going and to move do. To right wing uh, because of your work I think ethic. It's all, so you do get to score um, the occasional hat trick against Manchester United, though, if you're Dutch. Okay. I'm thinking the f- more funny thing United is that they are one of those teams you reference for who are back in pre season. Ten Hag's back in, and he hasn't signed no one. Yeah. Like they, they're literally training now with all those players gone and nobody. And they, they're looking at spending 120 million yeah, but they, on like Anthony and De Jong and stuff. And they, they were giving knew. us shit about two weeks ago for spending loads of money on Nunes. Yeah. And I'm saying this, we had this a brief shot on the summer transfer show. But like they knew Ten Hag was the manager a long time ago. This should have been boxed off. But they've only just started, you know, they've only just started getting to work at it. It's crazy. And like I say, there's a Man United tax definitely. Teams know Man United in and go, right. Throw an extra 20% on top of it. And they're feeling the pinch of that now. And it's, it's hilarious. So for me, to answer the question, it, for, right now it's not United. I would stick with the same 
four for now. Before we move on from United briefly, I just want to draw attention to our good friends over at Stratford Paddock uh, and the, the recent clutter videos around all this. So, Christian breaking the young deal agreed, and that's that's live at the, as we're doing this. And how Ericsson fits in, then it's are United being left behind in the transfer window? The within days, Eric decision, Ericsson decision today. That was a day ago. Um, why Eric Ten Hag is a transfer genius seven days ago, uh, then under four days ago, De Jong stalls Anthony Edge's closer uh, and the DM joins Ten Hag's Ajax wish list massive changes behind the scenes there's just a bit of a shit can, show can aren't they that, that United sort of Ajax thing it's just literally just buying plays he's, he's worked with before yeah. and that, that's not a bad thing to be fair he knows the attitude worked and really and well for like Brendan Rodgers yeah Okay, <laughs> Joe Allen and Brady. But like, no, I, I am sort of taking the mic a little bit. But they can work out. He knows. He knows what type of player they are. It's just going to take a long time, I think, for Manchester United to get anywhere near where Liverpool and Manchester City are, and like they, they can improve and still be twenty five points adrift. Yeah, and I, don't, I think anything. I think Arsenal have gotten better than them. Arsenal so and Tottenham far. are where I'm looking and going. I like your business so far. Yeah. I, I I still back Chelsea's squad. I know they've lost a few, but and the names they and link with, I think, are good players. Like the light, the list and all that. Well, type even of stuff even as well. just like Sterling, no, replacing Rude, I guess Sterling coming Sterling in. Sterling and Dembele sounds decent if Dembele can stay fit. Sterling, I think, brilliant. I'm surprised United, uh, Man City are letting him go, but yeah, United. I think Arsenal have overtaken United. I I think the business they've done or are about to do, uh, it looks close. Like Vieira, Jesus. Maybe Rafinha, yeah. they've already got Vieira as well. I'm liking their business. I think Tottenham have had a really good window so far. Perisic is, is a good player. Added to the business they already did last summer Pesuma as well. As so well. Pesuma is a good buy as well, if, if, that, if that all works out. So, yeah, I, I'd stick with the same four for now. I think Chelsea are in danger of this capsizing. Because well, there's I, so much going on. Well, exactly. There's yeah. a lot to do. And, that's, and I think the things in Chelsea... Stem beyond like the transfer market, don't yeah. they? And they've got a transfer issues to fix, but they're they're the club where no one really knows who Chelsea are anymore. You know, well, it's, and, Thomas, and, it's the Thomas Tuchel show, isn't it? At the minute, yeah. which is fine, but I'm not sure that's like nobody else does that anymore. Like, if it's 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 Todd Bowley's doing the deals, but it's it's if it's Tuchel doing everything else, identifying players, picking, we don't know, boy. That's the, the, the issue. Chelsea, of course, they haven't got a team in place to do the transfers during the transfer market again. I've got more sympathy with Chelsea than I have Man United because it was quite unforeseen that this all came very relatively quickly. Um, United are known for ages. It was Edward was last year for ages. He knew they were getting Tanaga a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Chelsea, like I say, looking at the list there, Rudiger, Christiansen. Uh, That's about it for notable names. But then Aspilicueta's up. Does it? Timo Werner's now. Yeah. There's rumours of Timo Werner going and stuff like that. Like the, they are. I think they might struggle a little touch this season. Chelsea, yeah, I, I think. That. I just think Sterling will be a great. Sterling Havertz have have Dembele. If it's if it is him, that that looks like a good three. And then behind that, you've got like a pool of six days. They were built ZX on days. solidity, though, weren't they, Chelsea? And, and right now, Rudiger was the linchpin of all that. Yeah, yeah. And that that's where I think it takes well, time for them to happened, get better. Look what happened when they started their defence stopped working. Their whole season fell apart because they they're going, didn't have Nathan, they're going back for Nathan Ake. He yeah, just he just, like tried, he just goes in between City and Chelsea. Then he's dropped like a hundred million to City for Sterling and Ake. Yeah. Basically, aren't they? It's, it's a bit mad, like to be honest yeah, with you. But it, it speaks to the lack of again. We've had this centre forwards, lack of goal scorers in the world, and lack of good centre halves in the world. That you know you can go. You, there's a lot of clubs who are just looking around for especially, solid, but especially solid ones with left foot. They've looked like they've lost Petr Cech because of the way that they dealt with mm-hmm. Lukaku as well. 
Mm. Like he, he was the one who was saying, "Don't be giving him back. Like give him for, give him, keep him for another year." And now he's ended up walking as well. Yeah. Which obviously, uh, the, I, I, I agree with Steve. I think Tottenham and Arsenal looks like joined up thinking on the, the others yeah. doesn't yeah. quite yet. To answer Joe's question, based on the transfer window so far. You'd say Arsenal and Spurs are the two that have done. That's that have a done big gap to Chelsea, though. Oh no, yeah, yeah but no, no. But just based on the who's done, who's done the best transfer business so far. If you're looking at like who looks the most settled, Spurs look settled, and Arsenal continue to do good, continue to do pretty good business for what they are. Chelsea are a mess. United are a mess. Who am I missing there? Um, no, that's pretty much it. Yeah, 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 and then beyond that, you can't it's really see West anyone Adams else. and stuff in yeah, the next year. Yeah, yeah. I'm not really suppose. sure. Uh, yeah, um, so right, well, let's, let's talk Liverpool then. Um, are, we, are we feeling about Liverpool's transfer business, Chris? Because it's it's impossible to gauge the true mood of Liverpool fans by going online because it, it'll always feel angrier than it is during a summer. I mean, I've, I've sat here in summers where we've won the Champions League, having finished on 97 points and then won the league and all those things and people just get dead wound up about stuff. I'm excited. Everyone I've been speaking to in person seems to be the same sort of way. They're really hopeful at the moment and I think that's, that's the way you have to look at it for me in pre-season. Um, look, ultimately, the Sadio Mane thing, we've talked about it to death, I know, but just to put a nail in the coffin of it, we're a worse side for not having him, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in, in layman's terms. But we've got the opportunity to become a better side, I feel. You know, when you take the age profile of, of Nunes and Carvalho and, and, and Ramsey maybe rounding out the squad a little bit as well. Um, so I'm excited about this season. I think it's going to be tough in the first six to seven weeks when we've got games that we really should win. We need to nail those games to give ourselves an opportunity to get become the side that we're probably going to be by the end of the season. But we need to get the points on the board early for that. I think for me, overall, I'm happy with the business. I think, you know, I still want a midfielder. Whether that's going to happen, who knows? Whether it's about is the right profile of player available this summer? Could they be available next summer? I don't know. But, you know, for me, I'm really excited to go and see how the team plays again mm-hmm. because I don't think I, I don't think I went into last season in quite... I, I felt Liverpool were going to get back to where they were be it first or second in the league after the poor previous year where we obviously scraped into the Champions League. There, there's a lot more hope this season than last season in the in the break because we were just better last season than the season before, weren't we? So for me, it's about, look, it's toe-to-toe with Manchester City again. It's one in, one out, which I think is important, but I do think there is going to be a stylistic change slightly. I don't think it's going to be a formation, so I'm excited to see what Klopp and, and Peplin has come up with. It's the first summer in a while where we've signed players to get really excited about And this is, I mean, if you think about Santiago and Jota, that kind of goes against it, but because it, that came on the back of the COVID season, the title winning season, where it was... August, in fact, it was September pretty much before we got there. We had those deals over the line. It's mad to sit here, kind of stewing in anticipation for me anyway. On like, we've got, I'm, I'm really excited. I just want to see Nunes. I, just, I want to see the first preseason game. I want to see what I want to see what he looks like in the, in that in the shares. I want to see him how he moves. I want to see the first shoots of how he links up with that. Carvalho is a complete unknown to me. I've got no idea even what whether he's going to be in the front three or whether he's going to be a midfield player for us. Um, so I, I agree with that. I think it's exciting. I think, you know, the Mane thing is spot on. You know, you've lost a world-class player, a proven world-class player who you know can do the business. But I'm less concerned about it because ultimately, I think we found a way to get him working as a centre-forward. 
But I don't think he need we need I don't think we need Mane as a centre forward. I think we had Jotter and Firmino, and if they'd been a bit fitter, I think we just wouldn't have played there. We've already bought his replacements in Diaz. Diaz is Diaz is much more exciting down that left hand side than Mane's been for a couple of seasons. So I feel reasonably. And that's really exciting, calm. Diaz. Yeah. Uh, you know, we saw what he was able to do when he came in on the back of about thirty odd games. Yeah. And was able to just go, 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 go until the end of the season. I'm expecting a big jump in his performances in end product yeah. this season. And that again is exciting because we saw what he was what he was able to do with not a lot of training. Because we know what the back end of the season's like. You know, you, you you don't have training. It's rest, recovery. It's game day. Rest, recovery. It's game day. R- rinse and repeat. What is he going to be able to do when the coaches have actually got time to improve him? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, similar. Really, you're right. In the very short term, we're a worse side than we are next year. Than we were last year, I think. But. I'm excited. I'm excited by Nunes just because it's the first time we've really done this. Like big, big money on a centre forward. We don't really do that. Ben Teche was probably the last one. We, well, we were discussing this on Jano Insight, me and Neil Jones last week about about that going into a summer of like you've signed a number nine and what what you know can't wait for the season to start to see what he does. And you're right, Ben Teche is probably the last one unless you want to count Dom Solanke, which is fine if people want to want to do that. But I go the one that stuck in my mind was actually Jibril Cisse. Of we we had all that like Michael Owen was leaving that summer. I was away in New York for that like for that week I think leading up to Owen left. Cisse had been signed and been signed for a while, and it was counting down to Spurs on the first game of the season. Of oh, it's, what, yeah, because even what? like Andy Carroll was late in January. There was all drama going on. You didn't have a, a full build. Up Suarez was January as well. You're talking about Cisse. Torres. Torres for me is the last yeah. one. Yeah, you know, for me. I, I know Suarez became the centre forward that he did, but I wasn't. I wasn't as excited about Suarez as I should have been having watched his career at Liverpool. Nunes is different when you think of the age of the player. That that also fits in with the Torres thing. He's a guy that you've started to hear rumours about. We heard them for a lot longer about Torres. You know, he was captain in Atletico at 17 or 18 years old, wasn't he? And that was when Liverpool spent world-class money on a centre forward Andy Carroll and stuff there was bigger signings back then it was close don't get me wrong but right now we're up at the upper echelons of transfer fees so for me the Torres thing although completely different player profiles is is where it links back to I, I just trust these lots of know what they're doing ultimately like if they think he's good I'm, that's good enough for me and I've seen him it's, it's good that you've actually seen him play and he, he looks like he looks exciting he's got a lot going about him he um, made one of the best defences in the world he struggled yeah. against him in us yeah. you know what I mean? he, he beats Allison with a one on one like nobody yeah. beats Allison one on one and he made it look quite simple and if as he well. can do that without having played with Allison week in week out you know what I mean he's going to get better at those kind of things you know getting sharpened by I'm being excited. up against those I think, yeah. the, I think the midfield thing's interesting like this well so I want to talk about the, the concerns because the midfield I think strikes me as the biggest concern if you're watching this live and I want to people can throw in some concerns they've got with the squad with the transfer business and we'll try we'll, we'll talk around them if we can Um the midfield's the most, the one that I see mo- talked about most. It's the numbers are fine. Well, let's go go through the numbers for so, me. So Fabinho, Thiago, Henderson, mm-hmm. Keita, Milner, Jones, uh, Elliot, Chamberlain, eight. Yeah, effectively, uh, we don't know what Carvalho is going to be, but of those, they've all got some type of question. Not ability wise, for some of them, some of its age, some of its fitness concerns. Uh, maybe Oxley James don't where you talk about maybe the level. Um, and inconsistencies with the two young lads, which which is, is to be expected. So the numbers are great. There's eight of them. Did you eight, mention eight, Milner then, by the way? I think so. Yeah. Eight into three sounds every week. You, you, and Jay Spoon. 
Spiel, welcome back, Jay Spearer to Liverpool. I was so excited when I saw his Instagram post. Was it yesterday? He's saying first day. I was like, go ahead, lads. So good, so made up for him, top fella. If you get the might be a chance, yeah, you got my dossier out in all the cups. But like, so eight into three goals, I get it. But there's a lot of questions about some of them. Um, Can I ask the question on that? And I know you're not necessarily all in this, but someone to play devil's advocate on this. Are the concerns we had over the midfield any different to the concerns we had? Last season over the midfield, I think are they better or worse than they were? No, no, because I think last year we were we, we just lost Genie and we were like, What's going to happen here? And it, and it turned out it worked okay. I think it's more, it's just an age for some of them, is it young, old, and then a, a bit of fitness and inconsistencies. Because on the fitness thing, Chris, because well, the reason I raised this is because I remember this argument from last summer and it was Liverpool haven't got enough players or people go no no we have it's just that we've got concerns over the over the fitness and the consistency and the availability and those centered around and I, I just for me anyway I don't I don't, I don't disagree with it because theoretically any one of them could go out for ages because they've all they, every single one of those midfielders has, has missed chunks of the season at various points over the last couple of years through injuries some variety of circumstances we don't need to go into but for me anyway that what I know this time a year on is Naby Keita had a, a largely injury-free season and, and got a to good a level season, yeah. exactly, and a level that we hadn't really seen from him previously. Okay, we got a bit more out of Thiago than we got the year the year before. Jordan Henderson played more games than he's ever played for Liverpool ever, which is insane. Um, Fabinho still the same. I've no no difference in change of opinion on the Fabinho stuff. Milner's a year older, I get, but Milner's still Milner. Oxley Chamberlain. There was nothing wrong with him, I don't think. It was just that he was wasn't he wasn't, he wasn't good used. To, yeah, exactly, exactly. But he proved his value as a as the last choice of midfield. Elliot's an, an unknown, but of course we weren't even considering him as a midfielder this time last year. And Curtis Jones, I'm I'm, I'm hoping he has a big season, but that's it's hoping, and that's the, and that's it. I, I get it because when you look elsewhere. It, it, when you look at Manchester City and they've just signed probably the best striker in the world or one of them and you're thinking how are we going to keep up with them they're signing another midfielder as well they've signed Alvarez so you, you, that, I think that's the concern where, where can Liverpool get better well, we're not do, getting, we, is it, do we need another name is that, the, is I that think people's it's name, I think it's I think it's level so I think undoubtedly we've got world class players but you're not going to improve the goalie or the back four that's as good as you're going to get you're not really going to get better than that front three now Considering what we've just spent, it's, it's hard to bring any really, anybody in elsewhere who's going to be there. I think what there is, it's, it's there's n- not so much names, but I think that you can say doesn't it doesn't it's not that difficult. I don't think to make a, a, an upgrade in the field. I'm quite happy with all of them, and there's not. I mean, ideally, what I would do if, if I was in charge, I would look to see if I could get rid of Oxley Chamberlain mm-hmm. and then bring someone in who's better than Naby. And then everyone else shifts down the level one. And, and then, so Harvey Elliott isn't choice number seven or Curtis Jones, whatever. They're choice, they are seven and eight, not six and seven. But, but so you've got, I still think Liverpool's best, best midfield will be Fab Hendo, Thiago. Naby's very close to that on his level. Mm-hmm. If you can get someone in there, just another fat, and then everyone else is a squad player. I still think. Does the, does the age yeah. does the age of Curtis yeah. Jones no. and Elliott make yeah. 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 Yeah, Fabinho. Yeah, that's the issue. If you look around yeah. the other areas of the field, we've got more than one player in the prime. It's the it's the engine room of the team. It should be Nab- Nabby should be though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. F- fine, but he's but he's not. He's yeah. not as good as he was for Leipzig a few years ago, as far as I can see. So for me, Fabinho is the only player in their prime right now. I think we've got a fantastic midfield for the Champions League. 
Mm-hmm. And I agree, the best midfield Liverpool have got is Jordan Henderson, Thiago and Fabinho. And that in the latter stages of the Champions League is going to win you matches and get you through. Have we got the midfield to turn the draws in the Premier League into wins in the Premier League? And that's where my issue probably comes well, from. Actually, and Harvey know. Elliott might be able to do that because he's a little bit more attacking. Kurt Jones might be able to do that, but they're too young right now. We need to see it consistently week in, week out. So... Have I got general concerns over the midfield? No. We've got a great midfield that can win games of football. Nunes might be the guy that turns the draws to, to, to wins, by the way. It might not be on the midfield. Yeah. But looking at the way the league's going, looking at what Gundogan was able to do for Manchester City, the way runners from deep seem to get a lot of goals. Naby Keita's our best one of those. He doesn't get the goals when he gets there. Yeah. So that's what Liverpool needs to improve upon. I agree. I, 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 I Broadly speaking, I've actually... I've just... I just don't think you can have a perfect squad. I just don't think it exists. No, because I, mean, I think you can look at any any team squad and say, you know, and we'll do it. We'll do it in a bit when we look at what other teams have got kind of got on our, our our rivals. Even I could I could pick holes in Man City's squads if I really you know. If you've got no center half. Yeah. I think what the, the issue though. I'm saying I think we need midfield, but I'm happy with Liverpool's decision if they don't think there's somebody who they can get. I, I see it now, people just throwing names out. Well, he's better than him, and he's better than him, and he's better than him. Well, are they really? I, Liverpool will have done the whole... Are those players that people are mentioning, Liverpool know everything about. Look, Sal, like, I see it. Everyone was yeah. up in arms over Sal. Yeah, Look that, what happened to I him think Chelsea. A, I think that's a brilliant, that's a brilliant drop in, Chris, because that's where we're at, and that's where, where I think we need to be wary of this of Liverpool need to go and buy Jude Bellingham. But if they can't buy Jude Bellingham this season, then don't don't go and buy a Sol Niguez because what's the fucking but point? Done, but I, and they're all good players, but Liverpool, Liverpool will have done their homework. And if Liverpool wanted them, then they either went and got them by now. So I trust them 100%. I really do to know what they're doing. And I think Jürgen's involved. People who talk about it from a money angle, I disagree with it. I don't think it's a money thing. Mm-hmm. I think the money's there because they, they bid for sure many. So I think the money is there. If the players, right? Liverpool won't just panic and go, we just need our midfielder. They'd rather keep Oxley James around for a year than just panic by a midfielder. And they'll wait. And they've always done it. And some people like it, some people accept it, and some don't. It's worked a couple of times. It's just that I think it feels like because City exists, it's like you feel like you've got to be absolutely perfect. But we finished one point time. behind them. Well, and, and again, <laughs> that goes back to a little bit of that point of and where I'm feeling. Of, this is the team that played every game of footy last season. Now, okay, you, I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna play super devil's advocate on this, it only delivered two pieces of silver. It didn't deliver the two bits that we really wanted. But I wouldn't really. I mean. It's one. It comes down to two games of football ultimately. You know, yeah. at, at the end of the day, and it, one of those games wasn't even our game of football. You know, the other game was Man City's game of football against no, against no, Aston Villa. You know. My point before when I said about the midfield can be can win games in the back end of the Champions League. That's the team that beat City. Yeah. That's the team that I think Liverpool play against the Cities. It's what is going to happen in those other games. Who's going to step up and be the difference maker? That's where it comes down to. And unfortunately, right now we haven't got proof of any of them being able to do it. Now, they, they all could. It exists in possibility that Cater steps up in those games, Harvey Elliott steps up in those games, Kerr Jones steps up in those games. The but until they do it, yeah. you, 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 you're always going to think there's somebody better out there. Did yeah. something just break under your foot there? No, I kicked me chair. <laughs> I think it's me naked a, legs. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's room to say as well, like, Hendo at six is a better option than Fab in certain games. Yeah. So to throw Hendo in there... Who's in front of him? Is he ever, does he trust Thiago and Naby to play in the same midfield? 
Does he be doesn't? The most telling thing is that he's the city's semi-final. Like, when he plays all three of them. When he when he doesn't play Henderson. Yeah, and that's He plays Naby Keita in that game. them to death, and he was brilliant. And and we talked about this at the time about how like the evolution of Liverpool's midfield. It was most starkly contrasted in the Etihad game in the league, where that midfield wasn't good enough to beat Man City's midfield because there wasn't enough guile. And there wasn't enough quick, quick movements and quick turns and transition, all that kind of stuff. And that was where you could foresee a game where we need to, we do need to up our level. And that, again, it boils down to if Harvey, Harvey Elliott hasn't played enough games of us to be able to say this nineteen-year-old lad is going to be the transformative effect on our midfield. He could well be. I, I did see enough of those bits in the early couple of games to suggest that's clearly where he's being he's been geared towards. Because what we we've been so built on Liverpool's midfield being an engine and being the thing that drives everything else around it. And when I saw it stacked up against Man City's and they've got Rodri and then effectively in a double pivot with Bernardo Silva, who is good enough to play in a front three, in any front three in world and football. Yeah. And Kev De Bruyne. Yeah, and Kevin De Bruyne playing, playing ahead of that and no, and playing nothing but rotating three in, in front, going, oh shit, we look a little rigid by by comparison to that. The problem with that for us is that Naby Keita bombs in some of those games. Not in that Man City game, but how many times have we seen him where he's been pulled at half-time? It's consistency. It's consistency that you need in those big games, isn't it? And that's why he tends to fall back on the Hendo, Thiago, Fabinho. Naby solves a lot of these problems. He does, if if, if he's good. And he's consistent. When he's good, he's brilliant. But to become world-class, you need to be brilliant and consistent. Or when you're having a bad game... Your bad game, your level is still at a point where you realise you're having a bad game, and you don't just you don't negatively hurt the yeah, team. The you might not be like I think Jordan Henderson's bad games are bad, and you can tell when Hendo's off it. But I don't think he's like a hindrance to the team. He just like he exists. Naby, I think, hurts the team when he's playing poorly, like because of his his style of play. If his press is a second late and he goes and misses it, he's gone. Where I think I think Hendo to an extent, Milner actually. They, sometimes they realise that what they just let, let's just keep it very very simple. I don't think Naby's game's built around that. And the times he's done that, where he has relatively kept it simple, he, he's looked really good. Like I think he got through in against Chelsea in that cup final, and I don't think he had, he had time to really prepare. It was he got basically go and beat Thiago. Well, that's impossible. Mm-hmm. So he, he was relatively calm and in it, and he done well. And yeah. that, that encouraged and, me. And that some he, of the results that often. we've had with Keita, I mean, he was he played in the five 0 at Old Trafford, didn't he? Now because he's probably. Yeah. Yeah. So like when, he, when he's on it, yeah, When he's on it, he's on it, and that's what we need to see from uh, him. The semi final against City was unplayable. The thing about it, I don't think Naby, to my mind, last season, I can't think of a game where he was off it. In the same it was only, way, it was only Phil Royale, and I, we were all off. Yeah, and 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 I think that was a little bit of we chose the wrong team or we had the wrong approach. Albeit, when you two, you've got a two goal advantage, you don't really want know what to do in an away game. But the games we talk about are it's Aston Villa when we got absolutely tonked in COVID season and Real Madrid away. Mm-hmm. We're in 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 COVID in the COVID season as well. What I've noticed about Naby is his base level's gone up. Yeah, he's actually he's he's now becoming a seven out of ten footballer every week yeah. for us. But I'm not sure which which of the midfield roles he actually fits because at the moment he's the fourth choice midfielder, and he'll just fit. But he'll fit in for Thiago and he'll fit in for Hendo. And I don't know which he's better in because I think you get the more exciting Naby on the right. 
But I think you actually get a much more rounded Naby Keita performance when you play him on the left. He's more physical. And I think that's because of the more. role of the midfield. I think, you know, they, they, you have to be more rounded, I think, on that left-hand side because you're taking over Thiago's position. You need to provide balance with what the side's used to and you're providing balance with Andy Robertson and the left winger, yeah. which is a different to Mo Salah and Trent, where Trent can pop up fucking anywhere, yeah. which leaves you space out wide to go into and stuff like that. So I the think thing, saying, Sorry, oh, see, the thing on that, though, is that what I think that's an issue is that not knowing or, or not having another player where it's a bit more nailed on. You know what I mean? But that's like, on him. That's what I was about to say. Well, no, it's also on what else we've got. Harvey and I don't Elliott know that Harvey... I think if Harvey Elliott doesn't get injured against Leeds, there's a chance that it's just him and Jordan Henderson in rotation on the right. It's Naby and Thiago in rotation on the left. And then Kurt Jones does bits and pieces on, and Milner does bits and pieces filling in as and when. Naby Keita should be in the plus team. Like, it's on him. Mm. He should have made himself undroppable. That, that's, that's up to him. Yeah. The reason he doesn't play is because of his levels. Yeah, but people don't choose to be injured as well, by the no, way. Again, and I get that, but even when like he hasn't he hasn't walked into the team, just kept his place. Huh. Andy Robertson got in because someone got injured, and he just kept his place. Yeah, but also Andy Robertson never gets injured. No, so I, yeah, it, the, it's, it's pro. I get it. Flips out, and he's he to over Albi Moreno, which is easier than displacing someone else. I get it, but like you can make yourself undroppable. Lewis Diaz by the end of the season was playing cup finals. Yeah, yeah. He turned up in January. Yeah. That's on him. Like he took Jota's place, and again, fitness and, and stuff related to Jota. Well, you could argue Naby Keita took Jordan Henderson's. We're starting to take Jordan Henderson's yeah, place by the end of the season. Go and do it. Go and yeah. take the place. Go and take go and take Henderson's place and say, I'm playing. I'm making myself undroppable. Put te- nines out of tens in for four or five weeks on a run and make yourself undroppable. He can do that. There's, there's still there's still places in this team which are up for grabs. And what well, I say there's a couple of them. Not the back well, there's a centre half position, there's a midfield position, and then there's one of the front three that are up for grabs. Go someone going like Jota can go nail himself down, and Nunes might not become a factor until whatever. He might t- he might take his time to get in because Jota just starts like house on fire. Can I can just say to Joel Matip, I play now, I'm playing. Yeah, he was almost there anyway. Yeah, and there's one in midfield, and it's Naby's the closest to it. He should take Jordan Henderson's place. Yes, he should. He should go in and say, you know what, I'm not getting past Fabinho, and Thiago's pretty special. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
but I, I reckon I'm better than Henderson. I'm gonna make. I'm just gonna prove it. I think we're seeing. I think this season we see Hendo's time split fifty fifty between, between six and eight, six and eight, and, six yeah. and, eight, and that'll be those games where it, uh, he'll be rotating with Fabinho, so they get they're doing the sixty minute thirty minute thing as well. In, in, which it's I think it's more sometimes he goes eight and you you, t- you might take Fabinho off and just drop him back and throw somebody else in as yeah. well as well as that. The thing where I'm really excited is to see the right hand side with Trent with Elliot. And with Mo Salah, that's the thing that I think Liverpool improve with the most if Elliot plays consistently and plays well. Because I see that the ceiling over there is much higher with Elliot than it is with Naby Keita. So. I, think we, I think we know where the ceiling is with Naby Keita and he's really good. But I think Elliot's ceiling is higher. That's, that's, it's that's, the, pay, I, the lack of pace with Elliot worries me. Yeah. A little bit. He slows the game a little bit too much. But um, you put pace, you put pace ahead of him. You know what I mean? That's, yeah, yeah, that, that's, yeah. And Henderson's not. Do you know Henderson? So Thiago's not fast. Yeah, yeah. I mean I, Henderson is fast actually, but you know he's not. He's, not, he's, he's quick, isn't he? You know I, what I mean? But yeah, let's say that was the that starts Chelsea. Then Jurgen obviously loves Harvey Elliott, and that's his, he, he's the right side of the field now. That's what we know he is in, in the squad. So I think that's I just with, think with him. I always thought the start of last season it was about Mana, uh, sorry Salah and Elliot switching places, and actually as the season went on and Trent started to play more in the middle, it started to make sense more to me why Elliot was there because he's comfortable just going into that right hand side space. Salah's going inside, Trent's taking up a sort of central midfield position. What a great lad to have there, a natural winger to be able to play there. And that's where I think when when it, when we were good at the start of the season, when Henderson came into the side, it was the three of them in these little triangles. Yeah. For me, Elliot's the best for that role. And what, what he is, sorry, is, is well, he's, he loves a little threaded ball as well. He's just got a lad who's playing 20 yards further forward. He's, he's playing on the edge of the 18-yard box and he's so creative and he's looking to release the lads. Really in front. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I think I wouldn't be shocked if we see Trent not go into midfield as much now. Because you've got the aerial threat of Darwin Nunes, um, if Trent just stays a little bit wider and can cross, right? Because Trent goes into midfield. Trent goes into midfield and still knocks in thirty crosses a game. Though. No, well, <laughs> like, yeah, you no know, it doesn't no, matter but, where he's yeah, from. That's true, but he goes in there. Don't need to try and be creative. You might not need to be as creative if there's a fella you can put the ball on his head. I, I hope that doesn't happen. To be honest, because I think not I think hoofing that, it. Yeah, but, I think that's. For me, where Liverpool are at their absolute worst when they're hoofing ball, when they're hoofing balls into the middle. So I hope it's you know he can be a difference maker, but like not the start of the fucking game. Trent no, sticking no, it wide, I, getting yeah, yeah. on his boots, whipping the ball in. No, that, that I'm not saying like mental. hopelessness of it, but like Trent can put it on his head. There's a diff, there's yeah, a diff, there's not, not not he can pass the ball to not spares at home when we were just crossing to nobody. Like Trent can put it on put it, put it on Nunes. Like he he did it for Jota a bit. Not not so much a cross as a, a, a pass to his head, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Like it, it, the better terminology. It's going to be interesting to see because we talked about that, like adding, you know, what are they bringing? I saw someone trying to use Naby's Premier League stats to to, to a goal and assist return to kind of bash him on on this. But I think that's fair though, not bash. But I think you can. I think Chris is right. If we're saying. Where where can Liverpool get better? We we did we did score. Quite no a few no I'm not goals. no sorry I'm not saying I, I agree I do but what, I, what just looking at what Liverpool's midfield did last season across all comps Jordan Henderson fifty six appearances uh, all comps three goals seven assists and obviously yeah, we we'll, we'll, we can make cases for all this Thiago Alcantara thirty nine appearances two goals five assists Naby Keita made forty appearances got four goals three assists so you know he's he's he's, he's 
he's there. He's actually contributing, in, in probably I would suspect. Let me just, just quickly contribute. In less minutes than both of them as well, he's actually getting sim- very similar numbers to what the, to what they're doing. It's to what I'm saying. He's holding his own in the midfield, but I think what we're all saying the same thing. Can you add someone who breaks out? Above that, can you get? Can you add a Kevin De Bruyne to your mix? Oh, I just want double sp- fingers, midfielder. Yeah, it, it can be low double fingers for God's sake. Uh, honestly, it can. Ten. ten would be lovely from a midfielder. Oh, so your hand off and Abby Kaita scoring ten goals now. I've had this better <laughs> one for the last. Probably, has he been? How long has he been? Four years now, five years. I've had Naby Keita ten goals on every single season because he has that glut every season when he plays two or three games and he scores a couple of goals. It, it, you know, in shot, and you think if you just get him play. Whereas last season he played the games but didn't, but didn't score the goals. The tit. Um, but that's on. But that again, we don't know whether there's going to be a tactical shift or whatever. Whether we can read that. A lot of people are, are doing the, the think pieces, the thought deep thought pieces on four, two, three, one, and how, what role Fabio Carvalho is going to play in this. It's probably just. A simple as he's just going to be a rotational option for the front three and any idea that he's going to change change formations probably a bit wider than Mark but I'm looking forward to him actually we haven't really spoken about him there have we it's like I get when you sign a kid from the championship like what are you getting well Harvey Elliott came from a year in the championship and fitted right in there's no reason why Fabio Carvalho can't do the same and I've, I haven't seen a lot of them but I watched a little, once I knew we were interested January I kept an eye on him a little bit towards the end of the season when I had a chance got a good mate who sports film as well who was like you know he is the business he again. He could be. He could be playing midfield. I think Neil Jones just told us Liverpool say he's a front three. But I saw James Pearce wrote in the Athletic that he might go into midfield. He could go on the right midfield, and then if he's there, he is he a midfield well, goal scorer. If we're looking to do, be more Man City like, he plays in midfield. Then, then he'll do both. Yeah. <laughs> because yep. Bernardo Silva, Kevin De Bruyne, um, Phil Foden, all play. In midfield, playing across the front three, we 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 hopefully looking for a player who can do that. And look, when you're playing the games where you really need to be resolute, he'll be nowhere near the midfield. But when you're playing games where you're going to have seventy percent of possession and you just want to go and batter teams, that day the midfield, that's when you don't need Jordan Henderson playing in an eight. It's it's a waste of his that's time. That's when he should be a six. Exactly in that, that game, and, and then you put two. Would you be shocked if Carvalho starts at Fulham? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't put well, it past him. At this point, know. yes, because I don't. I barely know who he is. No, I just. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Like he threw Elliot in, didn't he? Early doors. If Cov, I wouldn't be shocked if he, if he. Well, again, he has to have a good preseason and stuff. But I think he'll back him. And I don't think he. Yeah, going to be afraid to pick the best. Tr- People have the best preseason. Just pick it in the team. I just don't think that. I don't think that slots up. For, I don't know. Hey, I just don't know what position he plays. So, yeah. I meant. I meant if he's if he's in midfield. If he's a front three, he's not getting in. But if there's still, I still think there's a midfield slot where you could go and get. If, if, I'm just going to zag a little bit on, and go back to the four two three one stuff because I don't. I can't see that we're moving to this formation, and I'll tell you a reason why. I don't think we let Minamino go. Because I don't think we've got any other proven tens in the squad. Mm. Like Javi Elliott's not done it at the top level. Firmino hasn't done it at the top level for a long time. Minamino did it a few years ago. I I reckon if you were to be able to say, all right, you know what, I'm going to play a ten, right? I think you'd leave yourself options in case one of them doesn't work. Yeah. And right now, Liverpool don't have any options there, really. I it mean, could be a four, it, you say that, it could be a four. It could be four. When, when we did it last season, four, two, four. it was a, it was a Regan Jota, like, or he put Diaz as... Four, one, two, one. Basically, two, it's two strikers, but one of them is just off. Like, we when, are when not, Regan, that's what he did. I'm saying this right now, for the sake, it means nothing me saying this as boldly as this, but we're not going to change formation. I'd be we're shocked. Not, because I'm because shocked. Liverpool need to win every game of football between the 
to kick off of the season and mid November when the uh, when the when the World Cup hits. Our mission is that we need to hit the, the ground running big time this season. So it honestly wouldn't shock me if unless someone has a mega pre season or there's injuries, it wouldn't shock me if Nunes doesn't start the season. Carvalho doesn't start the season. Elliot doesn't start the season. Ramsey certainly doesn't start the season. It will pretty much be the team that fit that played Real Madrid, with the exception of no Mane. You know, it'll Jota. be so it'll be Jota. Jota will start centre forward, or Firmino will start centre forward. Diaz will be on the left, Salah will be on the right, and then it'll largely be three from four of Henderson. Fabinho, Thiago, Cater in the midfield, unless Harvey Elliott is ex- picks up exactly where he started last season. Nunes has got the be. best chance. Yeah, Nunes has got the best chance for me of, yeah. of being a, a day one starter. Yeah, I'd start him against Fulham. I you might, not, you might, you might do, but Liverpool, I, I don't need to. No, which might, this has been my broad point on this. Yeah. We've bought a bunch of lads, and we don't need we don't need to start any of them. Our team's really good. They need to prove themselves. We need, and we don't we don't need to have that misstep faltering start. You don't want to give the league any inkling that you're not exactly who you were. Just scored season. the first goal last season, didn't he, against Norwich? Early doors. He, he, he starts that game, yeah. first game of the season. He, he, had, he had a very good start to the season. But he's had a season before. To, yeah, you know, yeah, but he's had. That's what I'm saying. He, he, you're not just. We're not just throwing Nunes yeah. in. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he could just go Jota, and I'd be fine with it. I think yeah. I made this point the other week. Is like when you're talking about Jota and Diaz. You know, they didn't play that often together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You may as well start Nunes for me and get the ball rolling on that. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's what yeah. I'm looking at. Oh, like, yeah, you know, look, Jota wasn't brilliant at the back end of the season when we signed Diaz. So let's get the ball rolling Fulham's on the probably, future. Probably, yeah, being Fulham's probably sound, but there's like there's a good chance that those lads don't. You know, if it's a bit, if you got your big games coming up, you go he'll go with the tried and tested, and he'll probably run as much of his tried and tested as possible because again, you just want it. You need to go and gather. You need to. I I think we're going to try and do what we did in the title winning season. And that's yeah. just Get go 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 exactly go 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 because I think the I think, itself to that. I think City's got a much harder start, and I think Harlem will probably just come in and score a glut of goals initially. But if they reach a point where they're 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 making a more significant change and they're all in on their significant change, I don't think Liverpool are all in on what they're doing yet. They've got their 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 plan will be to gently transition because we can't afford for it to go wrong. If it goes wrong for City, they'll shrug the shoulders. They'll go and win the domestic cups. They'll piece it together by the next end. They'll spend two hundred more million pounds the next summer, and they'll go again. We can't afford for that that to happen, right? Uh, we're going to be doing a bit more on our rivals uh, in a bit, but we have got a, a big segment coming up for you guys. We did the top ten greatest Sadio Mane moments as a very special premium podcast over on Redmen Plus. Uh, here is what came in at number. What number did we pick, Tom? Four. four. Number four on our top ten <laughs> countdown list. Go for it. Um, <laughs> still genuinely like I, I, it's like having well, I don't know what the antithesis of a Nam style flashback is because I, I associate that with negative things sweat just like <laughs> just just amazing um, was it you and Tom were on the front row of the, me, in this one me and Tom were on the front row of the away end there's a there's a there's a an infamous appearance in the inside Villa Park video on the Liverpool YouTube channel where they could have done us dirty, but instead we actually ended up being a model of inspiration because people had kind of stopped singing. And just contextually for this, Liverpool go into this game, um, top of the league, City breathing heavily down their necks. We've got City to come in the league. There's a Genk game in the Champions League to come in between that. And Liverpool choose to not play Fabinho in this match because they want to, he's one yellow card away from a suspension. 
and they don't want him to miss City. So Lalana starts this. Trezeguet gives Villa the lead and Liverpool are then left with the rest of the football match to try and get a goal. Bobby Firmino has one disallowed. Like we, there's all kinds of we come close, but we just can't manage to get to get in here at all. And it genuinely felt at the time like the away fans were just 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 losing that heads a bit. There's a point as well where I think City turned their game around, which is happening in and around that sort of time. And the fears creeping in, and yeah, in this video, it's me, basically me and Tom are the only people singing in seams <laughs> in the way, which is not true, but it, it, it certainly looks that way, which is great. Um, and this is the game for me. We've kind of touched upon it already, Ian, where I knew unequivocally that there was no man on the planet who wanted Liverpool to win a league title more than Sadio Mane. This is Sadio Mane's game of football. Everything good we do is being driven forward by Sadio Mane. The amount of times he just got the ball and ran. He wanted to take that Villa team up on his own. And for me, this is the game where the mentality monsters arrived. This is where this is where that phrase came from. Because you're five minutes ago and you're 1-0 down, you're not expecting to win 2-1. That ball he put in for... Andy Robertson, that's like Trent Alexander-Arnold quality. Yes. That That is unbelievable, that ball. And then the little dink header he does to get the winner, it's Firmino, like, it's, 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 he's just absolutely classic. That, Sadio Mane won us that game on his own. He was absolutely phenomenal. And like you said, it's one of them games again where he wants to take the team on his own. He wants to be the hardest worker man on the pitch and he wants to go, the, the idea is your three points. Go and do what you want. So it's not a goal we score very often, that near post corner, no. is it? And it, you know, it takes a lot of technique to be able to do it. But I remember I remember this month is when I believed that we could win the league and we would win the league. You know, it's probably not I don't remember exactly when the date of the Manchester United one is, but it's maybe like December or January time when we actually start to sing it yeah. and it's it yeah. swells. Um but the, November was the month for me, and it's after this game where you truly believe that we're going to we're going to win the Premier League, and it's because of this goal. Well, we've had this. We're Liverpool of winning every game of football in the league, basically. But actually, it's interesting you mentioned Manchester United. We go to Old Trafford on the 20th of October and we draw one all, and it, it feels like a little bit of a, a deflation. Is that the one where Divock gets fouled in the build-up and Lallana yeah, yeah. is brought on to score and. Yeah. It, it is, and we've gone there with our six balloons ready to wind United up to high heaven and all that kind of stuff, which we do, and it was great. But Gosh. it felt a little bit like, <laughs> oh, th this was our moment to kind of kick things on when it reminded you that Liverpool were, Liverpool were still vulnerable. It wasn't done and dusted. We just, again, we'd started the season like house on fire. Um, and we just kept, we kept winning and kept winning and kept winning. This, though, was the game for me where we've had, I think we'd had... We had a late win against Sheffield United, which had come a few weeks earlier. That comes toward the is like the, the toward the end of September. The Gini that goal, season. That's Genie Van Alden, where it gets Dean Henderson basically chucks chucks one in, which <laughs> and you feel like you can get away with you can have one of them, and that was a moment of like you can't really count on them too many because that's that's an error that, that that's cost you that. This felt like the first moment I agree with you because where it was like we're going to find a, win, a way to win. Liverpool are going to go to the 94th minute and we're going to score the winner because that's what we're, we're going to do. And, you know, it's like Rob was 87, mentioned set up by Mane. And then it's that thing of Mane at the near post. It's the bravery. You know, it's the put his, he puts his head at boot, uh, yeah, boot height. And you, 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 you do a lot and have done a lot on like Liverpool set piece of the years. He's a, he's a brilliant near post disruptor. Isn't he, Manny? But the idea that you can get your head to something there and put it in the far bottom corner, it's 
it's a very, it's an underrated technical goal as well. Yeah, I, I don't know how he does it. I mean, I, I mentioned over the years, not to his level, of course, but I used to play near post because I was a short ass, and all my job was just flick it back, lad. You know what I mean? Don't do anything silly, and I try that, and I'd invariably I've done this a three or four times. I'd hit the near post because I was terrible at it. You know, I shouldn't be in the box. I was just not not a header <laughs> of the ball. I was never in those positions, and he's not someone that you think. You know, when I think of Sadio Mane heading the ball in a Liverpool shirt, it's big, powerful jumps and straight on it. It's not slight headers like that. It's a completely different technique for heading the football. Yeah. Um, on the you know when Liverpool needed it. At their absolute most as well to be able to do it. It's absolute. It's absolutely superb technically. To the point, the, the context of the season in this one, Ian, is if Liverpool don't get all, Liverpool lose that game, then they finish the game three points, only three points ahead of Man City with City to come. As it ends, Liverpool end up with a six-point gap and then play Manchester City and beat Manchester City and the gap is nine points. And that is the that is what Liverpool plays for. It's a sliding for doors moment, isn't yes, it? it is. It is. It's a fundamental moment where for all Liverpool's start had been brilliant in the league, we were only ever, you're only ever a game or two games away from completely undoing because of how good Man City are. That goal, the winning goal from Sadio Mane, there's other big moments. Chris mentioned this this salad against Manchester United at Anfield to come in, in January. There's battering Leicester when we come back from the Club World Cup. But this is the one really where whether you believed or not at the time, that's the moment where Liverpool are take control of that title. Yes. So you, you mentioned the Sheffield United game before, and that that one would have been sort of like phew, we we gone that that was a bit lucky. I don't think there was any relief in the Villa game when we won it. It was like we'd added an extra gear to our performances. Like we'll take it to we'll take it to as far as we'll go, and then we'll have another level if we need to. And that's what Liverpool have been pretty much for the past for, for, since Klopp came. But that was when the turning point comes. So now Liverpool can be a goal down with five minutes to go and you do still believe that Liverpool are going to turn around somehow they're going to do it because they've got that extra gear yeah yeah. I and mean, you think back to you know that it gets mentioned so often and I think it's right it's a pivotal moment in Liverpool's history with Jürgen Klopp is the West Brom two all draw yeah. You know, that's what Klopp's yeah. talking about. You've got to believe that we're going to be able to do it in the last few minutes of the game. This was one of those games that gave everybody the belief. No one's thinking about leaving the game with five minutes to go anymore. You know, you just naturally think we're going to do this. We're going to find a way. We're going to somehow do this. This is a, it's a, it's a, it's a torch paper, isn't it? For all of those moments that happen afterwards. Completely, completely agree on that. Um, that was a phenomenal late winner from Sadio Mane. Next up in our list at Number three is another. Yeah, so there you go. What Check finished out. number four? Uh, was what was it? <laughs> <laughs> An eight-minute Aston Villa, the late goal against Aston Villa. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, check it out. Me, Chris, Nee, and Young going through the top ten greatest Sadio Mane moments. Have a good old chat around him at it's Liverpool and yeah, the extra pieces. Really, really good stuff. Uh, we've got some great clips and, and, and moments and memories in there. So yeah, get it in video and of course in podcast form in your native podcast app over on RedmanPlus.com. Um, just before we move on and talk about our rivals, um, there's a comment from our club legend Discord that came in from MP Daniels just on the stuff we've been discussing. He says this feels like a club 
club that is still executing their vision of sustainable football success, that they are properly weighing risk versus reward and trying to minimise risk uh, uh, ROI retaining some risk. Anyway, Um, there continues to be hand wringing and consternation surrounding the midfield. But to me, there is a bottom line of needing to see what the club have got with Jones and Elliott. Certainly, the masses will be uneasy here because player availability is a concern with this midfield, and that also ties in directly with consistency as well. Yeah, I think you've absolutely nailed that there, mate. I, I, that's the thing. It's there's, There is a doubt because Curtis Jones has got all the talent in the world, but can he put it down consistently? Harvey Elliott is, is, a, is a potential football genius, but can he, can he, just can he do it? You know, when, when the chips are down, he gets put into big games, will he be able to deliver? I like the, the handling elements? of Elliott, though, the back end of the last season. I really think that was special. Yeah. The way that, you know, you bring him in, he gets his goal against Cardiff, and then you sort of take him out the limelight for a little bit, work on himself, but give him that sort of impetus where you, you're not far away here, mate. I, I really like that. I sort of said to him as well, the media day for the Champions League he was like go away and have a rest and he's like he almost was like he almost laughed like he's like rest like I've not played I don't need a rest I, you know and I was referring more to like the psychological go and have a break and get yourself he's in New ready. York he's, he's been in New York hasn't he yeah yeah I think well, he's playing, running, yeah, he's seen with the basketball players boss that yeah. little large fella he's, he, he again there's there's an option for somebody to take a spec and, and I'm going back to what Matt he's right Elliot Elliot was in the team he was in the team Jürgen was picking him for big games it wasn't like just oh we haven't got no one else you're playing it was like oh no we're playing Chelsea at home and we're picking you there's sliding doors moments in football isn't there so that's why we need to see it reproven because yeah. sometimes that can happen and you, and you can Divock. Oxley, well Oxley Chamberlain you know like sometimes you know mercifully his injury was a different type and hopefully it's not the kind of thing that will impact him have any lingering impact or whatever but yeah we'll have to see um, so yeah you know, we were going to chat about the general running of Liverpool and how it you know can compare but I think I think broadly and we've seen in our conversation so far we're all reasonably happy with how Liverpool are being run there's a couple of random notes. So I saw we were discussing this the other day about Liverpool don't aren't very good at publicising the small things they do well. And we obviously when they get things wrong, they tend to get huge things wrong before having to rapidly backtrack and and change, which is again should be considered it's a thing. There are football clubs that don't backtrack on big decisions that they, that they get wrong, but um, I had that thing that I, they, they've kept they've frozen the prices on the, the footy kits through the on, through their, their own retails. Um, whereas the more so it's more expensive to buy a Liverpool kit through Nike than it is through Liverpool because they wanted to keep the price because they thought it was a bit crass to put the prices up in an era when people were were struggling. But I mean, it's, the, the, the kits are still ludicrously expensive. Ticket prices are high, but they stay yeah. the same and stuff. So the, yeah. I, the big ones, you're right. The own goals are massive own goals. It's not deflecting header in. It's turning around and blamming it into your own net. Yeah. And that's what that's what he still. But it's been a while. It's been a year. So maybe they've learned. <laughs> maybe they've learned. I'm sure they'll come again. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. Well, we had the, I, I thought it was really interesting. Did anyone see the NFT crypto crash Premier League article that the Athletics is? I thought that was really interesting. Uh, I've actually got a little bit of it here um, about what what Liverpool's NFTs actually did. So they had one hundred and seventy one thousand and seventy two images. They actually only sold six percent of those because uh, there was obviously such a big backlash. If they'd have sold them all for what was on offer, they'd have made eight and a half million quid on that um, but they basically went for about 57 quid each to begin with they're now worth just under £9 each so a lot of a lot of Liverpool fans lost a lot of money on that type of stuff really mm. so that's a big own goal but what I found really interesting was that every Premier League club did it last yeah. season and so yes we need to hold Liverpool to a high standard but also in an era where Liverpool can't fall behind 
I wonder whether this is why all the Premier League clubs kind of went in on it. It's like, well, what if what, what if it works type of thing? And I'm not condoning this in any way, shape or form, by the way. It's something that I think unilaterally we all disagreed with. But the fact that every Premier League club did it, you can't also have a go at Liverpool when, you know, you see Manchester United and what they did in the early days of the Premier League and pull away and then it takes 20 years to catch up and overtake them. They can't, unfortunately, get themselves into a position a, where they are left behind. Am I right in saying the NFT stuff was all for the foundation? A lot anyway. of it was for the foundation as well, yeah. It was the heroes stuff, wasn't it? So the money, it was meant to raise money for the foundation. Stuff, Which is yeah. fine, but Liverpool fans lost money. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Everyone yeah, less money than if they just said, "Do you want to donate some money to the foundation?" Is always my take on that. Like, I mean, but yeah, I mean the NFTs. I mean, fucking hell, if you put money in NFTs and lost it, it's not Liverpool's fault, is it? It's your own fault of investing in NFTs. Yeah, it's, it's, but they, they do pull on the emotional side of things, and that's that's it's different. It's a different type of brand, isn't it, Liverpool? Yeah. Because you love it. Yeah. You know what I mean. And had Nike released them, maybe you would. But, you know, yeah, things for it. It's not the same. Yeah, nobody gets it perfect. But when you look at, and I think what's why it's interesting is to look around for context at like what's going on at the other football clubs. And when you consider we've had five, six, six years now of being right at the top bracket of footy without. What, what have we given up for that? Because I think you, often you'd have to, you know, you make a deal with the devil. You know, you've got to, you've got to give something up in return. I don't think we've given up as much as some other clubs have done for that and Man City being the prime example of that and you know we're in a, a position where and I like the lads who do our equivalent stuff um, for, for Man City yeah, the two the two Steves both dead sound fellas in, in reality but there's a lot of like like the, 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 their counterpoint to how their clubs are run is like well, why should football fans need to be accountants and why should football fans need to worry about where the money comes from and why should football fans need to have an in-depth, like a PhD in, 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 in all the science and, and, and financials behind a football club? And I'm glad that we don't have to have that deflection over all this, over all this kind of stuff is, is one point. But anyway, on a, more, on a more laughing level, like United are a shit show, great. Um, Chelsea are, this next 12 months is going to be fascinating. Absolutely fascinating because they've been bought by reasonably normal human beings who are like who are just just they've just been bought by venture capitalists and and billionaires like 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 you should be. (laughs) (laughs) This is how the world turns. Not a state-run sports washing project anymore, which is what they obviously sort of been previously, and that's why. I just, I just don't know what we're gonna get from them. At best, at best they can be us, but there's a lot of things that go into being Liverpool. And because Man United have been trying to do it for a few years now, and they keep going, we'll get a director of football. Anyone want a director of football job? Hands up. Oh, Darren Fletcher. Come on. Oh, we remember you. Do you want that job? Um, I think Chelsea will be run smarter than that, but they could also that could go catastrophically tits up. <laughs> Which is going to be very interesting to yeah, see. Yeah, they, they've got the rebuilding from a, what we all thought would eventually happen. We all knew the Abramovich Bridge would burn. It's gone in a different way than we thought it would happen and how it's happened, but it hasn't got... In a way, it hasn't. People were calmed by the fact that they, it cost £3 billion to buy, yeah. as though that meant it was somehow sound. You yeah, know, but I, it, I, it, it's... It, yeah, it, but it kind of was, but they've been bought by people. It's, it's happened so quickly. This is Roman Abramovich saying, you know what, I've had enough. He had to sell it. Yeah. Like it wasn't him going, you know what, well, that's me done now. This came because of the of what's happened with, with <laughs> This is with, throwing your belongings in a suitcase and running out the door. It's, 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 yeah. Just been bin bagged. Basically. Yeah, basically. Or yeah. you know, or you have been arrested or whatever, like or the the, the terminology. You've you've been forced to give it up. Like 
that's the difference. If if because I, I think Abramovich did love Chelsea and he had a, he cared a lot. And if he was gonna go in his terms, he'd have got it in place. He'd have been all settled and he'd have sold it to who he wanted to sell it. And there would have been a succession plan. But there wasn't. It was it, so that they they're on the back foot a little bit. I've got well again a little bit more sympathy. I think it was yacht captains. As yacht could have clapped him every couple of weeks. He'd love Chelsea as much as he loves a super yacht. If I'm being honest, but carry on. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. Whereas United are a shit show and they've had times they're just bad owners. So there's a difference that they are. Listen, I'm not going to say they're good people because they're not. Cause I don't believe any billionaires are great people, but they they're not. They're not, they're not in war crimes, but they but but. They are bad at running Man United. Abramovich was a good owner for what he was doing because it was his vanity project. He yeah. didn't. He was happy to splash the cash. The Dubai group at City are happy to just be a vanity project. They're quite sound. Again, they've got issues themselves. I understand, but like that, that's what we're not. Chelsea well, sport washing is a completely different way of getting into football than wanting to make money. Yeah. Which is what venture capitalists want. Yeah. Yeah. So it's much easier to be a good owner when you're a sport washer because you have to do things that the club like yeah. and that the fans yes. like. Yeah. Because that's the whole point of sport washing. Yeah. When you're a venture capitalist, think back to our first couple of years and prior to FSG, still venture capitalists got it wholly wrong. Yeah. Think back to the first couple of years of FSG. It takes time to yeah. instigate what the football. They had people, to make hard decisions, yeah. and, and they didn't understand what what football was and how it differed maybe to the American sports teams that they owned so they make mistakes is that what's going to happen at Chelsea are they going to be sacking your entire team might not be the the, it looks like already I was thinking did he really have to sack Petr Cech right now could this not have been like a a plan of action who's his replacement oh no it's just nobody again it feels like he's he's coming he's took over he doesn't like it and he's going to know what we're changing now and it's almost like ripping the bandage off, and he's maybe the willing to have a year of, of pain. Liverpool did it. Yeah. FSG, we've well, got a broken arm, and they've gone. I don't really. No, no, we're, we're going to get a second opinion, but we're going to cut. The, we're going to cut the cast off first. See what I see what's like under there. Yeah, I think. I think that. Ow! Christ, yeah. Okay, sound right. We'll go and get a second. FSG opinion walked then. in, and Rainer was gone quickly. Cal was gone, like big earners. Chelsea are doing maybe doing something. They're going to come in and just get rid of everything they think shit, and then we'll fix what's left. Whereas United are like. They're trying to patch the ship up as it's sinking, and then they're doing a Manchester very poor United job of it. Oh, like how you don't notice yourself putting on weight, where you look at yourself in the mirror every day and you look at yourself in the eyes, and maybe, and maybe in Man United's case, you've still, you can afford boss clothes, so you're still wearing, you're still wearing your clothes, and, all, and everything. Like, oh, well, maybe this t-shirt is shrinking a little bit. You know, if <laughs> I put that in the dryer instead of putting that on, I have can't stop that. washing everything at forty. Yeah. Washing at thirty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that, and that's where United. These are, are broke. United are still looking at going. Well, look at the. I'm still. I can still buy the. I've got these boss clothes. I've got these boss shoes. I've got my boss haircuts. And look at look, still life behind those eyes. <laughs> and then you turn sideways. You go, oh, gee, Jesus Christ! You know, I mean, that's that. And they, they. That's so relatable. Yeah, yeah, genuinely. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, I'm, I'm just speaking about myself to be honest. Um, but yeah, they're 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 just a, they're a mess. And they've got they. I knew he wasn't talking about us when he said boss haircut. To be fair. Yeah, that's, that, 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 that bit of cat. Yeah, that was the. There was a caveat of what I can relate to that, but that wasn't that bit. But yeah, the, the, but the thing with anything is, and we've all been in the situations like, okay, I found, I've made a mess of myself. At what do you do? And the, the, like, you can either go right. I'm on the salary from day one here. Man, I'm buying bigger clothes. Just yeah, genuinely. But that's what Man United are doing. Man United, a are bigger Armani jacket yeah. rather than losing the weight it, in the it, first place. Hundred percent. I think. I think like Daniel Levy gets a hard time at Tottenham, but at least again. 
I think, again, he's doing it kind of the right way where it's mm. trying to be sustainable and they've built the stadium and he's getting, he is frugal and I understand that, but like, this, that's kind of what footy should be. It's That's kind of what it should be. These other venture, like these other owners have tipped the balance so much. that It's like, everyone wants to be state-owned now. There'll be people out there who would love it if Liverpool were owned. Just someone coming from X country, state-owned, and just funded us, like Dubai Fund City, like Qatar Fund PSG. And be, because that's all they give a fuck about. Newcastle fans were delighted, a lot of them. Saudi Arabia's come in and said, let's spend money, and they're going to keep doing it. They're going to have a green People kit, want their football club to be different on. things, don't they? And people want, some people just want their football club to be the best team on footy manager. And I don't have to worry fair. about... That, that, not, not my concern, which you, you say with Steve, he's not asked. I get to watch City win the league every year, get the Champions League semi-finals, get to the odd-final, win loads of cups, got the best manager and the best players. Not my problem. Can't you need to, you need to have jeopardy, I think, and that's what the sport washes don't have. Yeah. You know, Liverpool need to make sure that the right people are in place, making the right decisions, first time, yeah. and that's the important part. And and I think long term that'll help us yeah. because at some point the the you know the, the state capital ones, the, the sport washes might might decide, nah, it can't be asked. Now we've done our job here. Mm-hmm. We we are we've sport washed. We're through. We're, we're done. Whereas Liverpool putting the right people in place that have the jeopardy of I can't get this fucking wrong means you get more right decisions. And you're right. And you sort of two points about Spurs there. There is something I I enjoy about like the, the the wins coming from. Okay, you've still got financial disparity, but that's a game in and of itself. How do you grow? You how growing your finances being Get off floor, build a new stadium. Do, yeah, how do you how do you make the right deals? How do you do that? There's a, there's a there's a there's a real excitement and hunger in that in the various different departments. Winning your game, winning your part of the, your football yeah. club, and then ultimately the decisions coming down to who makes the shrewdest investments and who's making the most, who's buying the right players at the right time, getting the right manager. Selling them at the right time as well is important. Players breaking out, being managed in the correct way. That's where the excitement comes and that's the problem is we're living in the sports washing era of football. And look, there was always reasonable comparisons. There's always been a richest team and there's always been a poorest team. But the fact that they're playing with different resources and different levels is what makes it a bit, and it makes it harder to love your football to love your football club in the same way because it just makes it more stressful. Like it makes it so much less enjoyable in its own way of every game is on an absolute knife edge and all that. But on the flip side of that, Man City fans feel exactly the same thing about us, but they don't have the depth of connection, or they won't recognise that, but they can't have the same depth of connection because it's not as. Organic, One of the things that I think thing. is really difficult for a, a, a well-run side is how to expand your stadium. You know, you can look back at Arsenal and what they did, and obviously they knocked down Highbury and they built the Emirates, and it hurt them for a long time. Yeah. Now we, they were probably quite lucky in the timing of it. In the back then, there wasn't really f- six teams competing for four places, so they were able to just continue to get in that top four regardless. Yeah. Top, top four, probably. Yeah, by Bayern Munich in the last sixteen years. They were fine with that. They were fine with that ten two or whatever it used to be. Um, <laughs> Tottenham obviously I think have come into financial difficulty because of the way that they did theirs Liverpool on the other hand have done it in stages and it seems to be working quite well for them and then you know what's going to happen with Chelsea in that regard you know back in the Abramovich days of last week or whatever it was they could probably have just started a new stadium and got it boxed now if they're looking at Chelsea and they're looking well that 45, 50,000 it's 45 I think 48 isn't it Stamford Bridge that's quite tough and you need to probably they'll probably be needing to at some point get to a 60,000 season stadium I think that's on the agenda yeah, well, right. what, how are they going to do that uh, especially in that area like London not easy to build no, exactly. and, and actually, United yeah, and have got that problem coming up as well obviously like, there's is big enough shit. but it's, it's fallen apart yeah. City were lucky weren't they they got given a stadium 
them basically. They're, not going, the to, they're not going to need to expand. And, and they, got, they have expanded yeah. just a couple of years ago, didn't they? They just need the fans to fill it now, which is which will come eventually. Now, the Chelsea thing in that regard, right? Because the stadium thing, they've had this. They, they, they had to... The problem they've got is they've got no room to expand. They can't go. There's nowhere. There's nowhere else to go. So they were going to go down and up. And the problem That's is just London for no, you. No, no, it is. Oh shit! Sure. We've got three. We've got to go down. Why? Why every toilet in London's down in, yes. in the fucking basement? It's, exactly. a, it's a fucking one toilet in the basement. It's in an attic. Like, <laughs> yeah. But the, but they, they, the problem today when they were moving the pitch down, the pitches can't survive in that environment because there's not enough natural sunlight so they had loads they had loads of issues with that and again it's all things that they need they need sorting they, they, yeah they're, they're a mess what they, what I'm thinking with Chelsea is they're going to spend this year where this is going to be a vital year for them if they can survive this year and stay in the top four then they, they've got a good basis there to, to kind of build from but this is going to be a crisis crisis management for them because you're right. You know, Grosky has moved on. Who's been looking after the transfers, and she's now like basically on call to sort of help them. Good luck with that. Like, I don't know how well that's going to work. You're right. Petr Cech moving on. Bruce Buck moving on. Bowley's basically taking charge of all this, and he clearly doesn't have. He's not a football operator. So, like in the same way that the people who've moved on are. Thomas Tuchel's there, good. They put probably the, the third or fourth best manager in the Premier League, so that'll help them immensely. They've still got a core of really good footballers there who know what he's doing, so that will help them as well. But they might only be on a level pegging with Spurs, who have got a little bit less... What's the word? Depth. Yeah, and, and, and consistency, because Conte's not been in there for a full year. He's a better man. I think Conte's the third. That's what they, I, and I think... I think Spurs are a danger, more of a danger to Chelsea than Chelsea are to City and Liverpool. Yeah. There's more chance that Spurs become team number three than, yeah. than, than Chelsea becoming team number one or two. Yeah. I, I, right as it stands, I think Tottenham have got a really good squad and an excellent manager. The issue with him is he always fucks off after a little bit. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have to try and keep him sweet. And he's, there's already been rumblings of that. Like, oh, I need my players or I'm going to go. Conte, because he, he, that's what he does. He's a very... He's, combative. Disney, he's, he's a very combative. He's, he's, he's like, he's there for a short time and a good time, not for a long time. Yeah. And But... but Relatable, that, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all, I'm all, I can, I can feel, I can feel the love from that. But Spurs are a danger to Chelsea. You, you, Chris was right to reference Arsenal. Arsenal got away with it a little bit because there was no one else. There are people willing to like United and Arsenal can catch Chelsea still, even though they're a bit of a mess. Arsenal actually coming out the other end. They look like they someone somewhere's made the decision. This is a plan from yeah. a couple of years ago that they're going through that they yeah. trust. And We're going to sell them. Big earners. We'll do what we did. Big earners gone. Invest in youth. Get a, a, a manager we trust. It kind of work with Rodgers. I'm not saying I'm not sure that Gabriel Jesus is a top earner at Arsenal though. Because that's what he's going in as mm. the highest paid player at Arsenal. That I think the signing's good, but that that for me was a little strange. It's interesting to see what you get out of him. Does, is he fully motivated to be their best player, and is he just looking to be to have the love and trust put in him? In which case, he'd be fine. Twenty five years. I was going to say twenty five year old Brazilian international. If he works out, then he is. That's the profile you want him, your best player to be. He's just he's got to prove. Well, we did this on the summer transfer it. show. Is that they've missed out on Vlajevic, they missed out on Nunes, and they were never in the market for Harlem because of where they're at. So they've had to go and get someone who's of a, of a good standard prime age who can handle who's, who's a winner and he's pretty much and like they're able, when you go they're down able list, to grow together their front three or yeah. front four probably yeah. you know that that's the that's the thing where you look uh, at Arsenal going in a year or two's time they're going to be really good I, I think, think Arsenal are, will benefit from the stability and it's whether they, if they can get in top four it will be based upon how badly Chelsea implode or not I think Spurs are pretty much guaranteed you know unless Conte has a major blow up for every reason but their squad is settled he's bought he's added really well as you mentioned 
even last season, you know, the lads that he brought in early doors, Pentecourt, you know, and, 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 and obviously Kulosevsky, <laughs> and they've got like, Romero at the back or whatever. Yeah, know, like Romero, he's a, bit, know, he's a bit mental, but I like him. They've got they've got a good squad, and they've kept Kane, and they've kept Son, and so they've had Basuma and Perisic too. Exactly, it. they'll be they'll be absolutely sound. Chelsea at the moment are, st- are still they haven't replaced Rudiger, they haven't replaced Christensen. Thiago Silva's about to turn thirty eight. They've got no Lukaku. They, yeah, they've got Lukaku. Lukaku who's moved on. Saul's loans finished. No, he wasn't really used, but he still had. He was still the, the fourth rotational option or whatever for their midfield. Werner's making moves. Kante yeah. and Jorginho's contract run out at the end of this season and, coming and as then, well, which and, is and Kante is another lad who's he's on the he's on the wane as well a little bit. Like so, they've got major major work to do, and then. Man United again. Just go back to it. Like you, you went through the names before. Like, yeah, they bring Frankie De Jong in. Great. Well, there's your Pogba replacement. But you need, you still need to buy a DM. They're, they're mad, like because if they, they, right they're back. spending 180 million this summer, easy, closer to 100 probably Manchester United. That and is a huge turnaround. That's a huge turnaround in players as well yep. that have got to get used to a new style of football and stuff. And right. they've only just start. And again, they're only just starting to put the people in place at the top. You know, they they'd only just start. It's going to take a process. few years to get. Well, get that, right. uh, and that explains why they're going for players that he knows. And it was meant to be Ralph Rangnick until it wasn't. Yeah. So the, the plan isn't the plan because the plan was Ralph Rangnick was going to be, and now he's not. So they've got years of him fighting coming as well. I mean, you see that the fan getting to speak to Arnold and then and recording it and then putting it out. You fuck, you fucked that day. I mean, and, I, and I, th- I think I'm right in saying Ten Hag was the guy who said I don't want Rangnick. Yeah. Which, if that's to be believed, you've already got a lad who's, who's walked in, he's never managed the game of football, who has already taken over that football club. Rogers tried it, didn't he? Rogers walked that's in. A mad, yeah. That's and, a mad and, situation. On no, imagine no games for him to give him this, that. Because people, people look at Klopp and they go, we need Jürgen Klopp, or we need Pep Guardiola. You need their teams around yes, them as well. that absolutely... But Jürgen Klopp didn't come in as he is now. Jürgen Klopp's power has grown as he's as he's embedded himself into Liverpool to the point where he's got more power than he's ever had and ever will probably ever will have. But he he had a short contract and he earned the contract extension and he you know he needed to prove his 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 worth to Liverpool and prove his way that he could work within the, the systems of stuff and he's earned that as he's gone along. FSG learned from the Rodgers thing then did he walk he gave him too much power yeah. and it went to shit. So, so then we will never make that mistake again. Man United are still going. They're looking at the end product and trying to replicate the end product. They're trying to get to know Alex Ferguson, aren't they? They're, 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 still, we, they want still. their manager to be the messiah who does everything mm. and he has all the power. Like, there'll be someone... I know Jürgen's, some money on wages if that's Jürgen's got a lot of power, but he's still been told no a few times. Well, this is the, thing, so. this is the thing I think... You're right, Jürgen has got more power, but also he's got more trust in the people around him, which therefore means the people around him have got more power as well. He empowers them. I'll go and get Mo Salah because you're telling me, Michael. Yeah. Like, he's brilliant. Trust. I'll trust you. Such a man, a managers, when they're under pressure, double down and they back themselves and they go into. And I, again, I always reference it, but I remember Ian Air telling me this about AVB and how he was losing his head at Chelsea and obviously didn't have power because you can never have power at Chelsea under the the well. So, uh, yeah, so he started doing mad things like. Benching Frank Lampard. Well, he's, no, <laughs> no, he, like, he was changing the colours of like the fucking benches in. 
the fucking training facilities and like changing the plants and stuff because he could control. He was changing what he could control, yeah. and and that's what happens is that when when managers are under pressure, they'll 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 hunker down. They won't do what's good for the club. They'll do what's good. Ruth Hollett's benching a long time ago. Benching Alan Shearer just like because he because it, it was a I am the man. It's a, like I'm showing me power. I think that's what you, and Pep's really good at this as well. Actually, they, they do empower their assistants. It's like Pep's assistant is now managing a top team. Yeah. Because he, he and he was happy to do that. Like he give he got he give Arteta the license to grow into, into a coach and stuff. And you know, Pep Linders runs Liverpool's training essentially. Yeah. Like Jurgen doesn't have to do everything. He's the the figurehead. Like te, with the Ten Hag thing, it'd be interesting to see because he, he's he's got a bit of Rodgers about him. He's obviously had a bit more success than Rodgers had early. He's been at Ajax coming from Swansea. He's different than Ajax, but like. He's almost walking in and gone right. I'm the man now. Uh, that can go one or two ways. He could be the man. He could be. He could be Jose Mourinho, and he is the man and just nails it and delivers it. But there's a huge risk on putting all your putting all your eggs in one basket. I think that's a risk. Every every club that isn't Liverpool or Man City are trying to be Liverpool or Man City, and none of them are ready to make that step up this season. Chelsea were closest, and the Abramovich thing has totally chopped the legs. Tottenham, I think, aren't far away. Maybe. But they haven't got the financial backing that we've got, or the, yeah. the ability to. Uh, exactly. Like they haven't got the city sport washing, and they haven't got the Liverpool name global overall. name or fan yeah, base to exactly. get there. But Tottenham are trying to do things the right way, and I feel like Arsenal, after years of, of bad, it's the same owner. But I'm starting to feel like they're getting their house in order a little yeah. bit. They've gone, you know what? F- basically, fuck there is the process. Yeah, Arsenal's issue is that they could be. They're as likely to be the challenger for third, fourth as they are to be Leicester, where. It's like it you come close away. if you, if you yeah, all of a sudden you lose you lose the fans. And you're playing your Europa League every week uh, exactly. and it, kill, and it kills real, you. They've got a massive struggle on their hands this season, whereas they, they're ready and I agree. I think they they are they just look sound, they're buying the right players, they've got the right mentality, the fans actually bought into the manager for size once. the club. They they, they yeah. could be what Liverpool were when Klopp walked in. Yes. If Arteta's that good, yeah. Because they get if they get Champions League, they can build from that. Because the size of the club, the appeal, the money they've got, then Arsenal's massive and they want and they've got it. When invincible, anyone tell you that? Ty, yeah, Ty says it a lot, doesn't it? Incredible. <laughs> um, right, yeah, cool. We've got loads more content uh, for you guys. We're going to do a podcast extra uh, shortly after this one. If you head over to redmenplus.com, the post is already there. If you're live, you can go over there and click and be ready to watch us over there. There's loads of other amazing stuff on there. We've got incredible content. It's like Netflix for Liverpool fans, documentaries, interviews, features, and loads more as well. Uh, we recently had um, Expert Insights as well, which is a new strand we've added where we speak to people who know what they're talking about in a particular field. you got the insight into Inhaler FC yeah, yeah Dr Raj basically to bullshit tell why Inhaler FC the whole rumour stuff is just nonsense he basically said even if they all had asthma and they took the asthma stuff like it would make them better at footy really it just it makes no it does nothing to it and he talked about Darwin Nunes' knees as well and whether we should be concerned we've had Andrew Beasley on with you looking deep in, in, into the facts and figures around stuff as well yeah. and I had Ali Begg on who knows Aberdeen as well as anybody to tell me a little about well Calvin Ramsey and what mm-hmm. we should expect from him. So yeah, just, oh. I like expert insights. And we've got Cybrundus coming up this week, all being well as well. Yeah. To We're going to look at the sports science and how the World Cup year is going to impact Liverpool and the other teams fighting for the top four and beyond. Don't have to listen well. to us rabbit on. You can actually listen to people who. Oh yeah, yeah exactly. We, we, we love a good opinion, but like it's nice to have to feel that the well, an actual base coach of expertise who does strength and fitness to tell us about it. Yeah. I mean, perfect, really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, European Cup stories with Phil Thompson. Uh, the transfer summer transfer show every Monday as well. So if you want to keep up to date with 
not just Liverpool, but transfers around the Premier League and World Footy. Join us live on a Monday morning over on Redman Plus as well. Jano Insight to come. There's loads, is what I'm saying. If you want more Liverpool content in your life from every single angle, get closer to the culture of Liverpool and get closer to things on and off the pitch at redmenplus.com. Do you have a Liverpool legend? Go watch it. Oh, oh, yeah, there's that as well. And again, as mentioned before, the Man A Top 10 uh, podcast. So make sure you check that out. Right, yes. Uh, podcast extra to follow if you want uh, some more uncut uh, content from Why did Chris get sacked? What did he do? What did he do wrong? Did he had to lie and make up a story about getting sacked? You can only find out by joining us over on Podcast Extra. We'll see you over there. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.